Okay, morning everybody. Uh, we're really excited to be joined by Nicola Blatchley Lewis. Um, Nick, Becky and I used to work with Nikki many, many years ago. We the did. Uh, but um, yeah, uh, Nikki's uh, joined us this morning to talk about Ofsted management and leadership. Um, Nikki, would you mind just telling us what your current role is in early years? Yes, of course. Yeah, thank you. Very nice to uh, have the opportunity to uh, have a conversation um, with both of you and lovely to catch up. So um, yeah, so I'm currently the um, early years lead for a skit um, up in Cheshire in the northwest. Um, I have um, been doing some offset inspections, but I'm currently kind of off-rolled um, on that at the moment. And I'm also the early years lead for um, the maths hub uh, again up in the northwest. Um, so that's a, a quite few, busy <laughs> a few strings to my bow at the moment. Yes. Nikki, what you said? Did you say Eskit? A skit. A skit. What's that? A skit is uh, part of a teaching school. It stands for School-Centred Initial Teacher Training. Ah, oh, right. So what we wanted to do today is tap into your amazing knowledge of Ofsted, Nikki, being an Ofsted inspector. And just, I'm really interested in this from a practical side. And I know Bex is because she meets lots of practitioners as well. So um, we just wondered, um, really sort of, in some respects, like what what's what's it like being an Ofsted inspector? What's sort of the best things about it? Uh, well, I think the best things about it is is the training. Um, it's it's quite long and complex. Um, the training, and obviously, you do get the opportunity to work with some very experienced um, inspectors who've been in early years for a, a, you know a long, long time. Um, and I think also the other thing is. You know, whatever the situation, it's always a privilege having the opportunity to go into settings because, you know, whatever hat we're wearing, uh, as you know, I've done a lot of quality improvement work for local authorities in the past, uh, yeah. what, international work, and it doesn't matter where you are, you always take some learning away yourself. There's always something that you can kind of, you know, gain from that experience. So that's a real privilege, I think. Yeah, that's quite an interesting perspective because I think, we were having a little chat before before we we've sort of recorded this, but we were we're very aware when we speak to settings this perception of um, Ofsted sort of the threat almost of Ofsted, and I think you use the term "who's afraid of the big bad wolf." And actually, so to hear that you take something and a learning experience out of out of your visits as well, I think actually is really really good to hear, and I think that would probably be really nice for all the settings to hear. Actually, it's 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 not just a one way street. Yeah. So, yeah, coming back to that, who's afraid of the big bad wolf? I think certainly uh, what I've taken from, from the recent training um, and the work that I've done, you know, shadowing some inspectors as well, um, has been that, you know, Ofsted really wanted to feel much more collaborative, um, less of that kind of being done to attitude and more an opportunity for settings to be able to kind of tell their story and really showcase the quality of, of the work that they're doing really um, and as you will know from from the kind of you know latest iteration of, of the framework the EIF um, education inspection framework is that you know paperwork uh, is not something that Ofsted are really going to be looking at um, doesn't mean to say you you know you don't have to have any paperwork it really depends on how you operate in your setting um, but you need to be able to articulate and tell the story of um, how you are assessing children how you're tracking and how you are you know kind of doing that gap analysis so that you're able to put support and intervention in um, as and when 
you know, it's needed for individual children, um, for example. So that, we, sorry, Beck, go no, I was just going to say, I think that's really interesting as well, because we know having, you know, between the three of us, having worked in children's centres and having worked in private settings and, you know, a variety of different um, socioeconomic areas, that the earliest provision has to vary depending on your population and the, and the needs. And so, so I suppose, it's again, it's reassuring to know that, that one size doesn't have to fit all, you know, and from, from your of view you know it's about it's not about making sure everybody's doing the same in their different settings it's about it's about knowing your children knowing your community um, am, I, am I right you're absolutely right yes uh, and I think you know going back to what we were talking about before um, you know Ofsted will constantly kind of reinforce that statement that there is no one way of teaching um, and absolutely as you were saying Becky it's about practitioners knowing their children and knowing what is the best way for teaching them. Um, obviously, you know, meeting their individual needs, meeting their learning styles, meeting their interests is absolutely key to that. Um, and, you know, I was just talking about um, an old national strategy document, which is still as valid. I think you can probably download it from Foundation Years. Right, okay. Because we'll they've got that archive, haven't they, of some of the old national strategy documents and I think it's called playing learning and interacting um, and one of the pages that I use quite often uh, is the one that's got that continuum which really shows at one end of the spectrum that very kind of open um, free play and free learning for children um, and then at the opposite end of that continuum that very kind of structured adult directed and really what we want is that kind of sweet spot in the middle um you know which it, is do you think it comes from actually knowing it just comes from knowing your children and just understanding them and and i know there's much more of a remit of, of managers coming into actually working with the children and understanding them and, and knowing them which which i think is fantastic but there's also the other side to that, that managers are always doing so much and there's so much, there is always lots of paperwork which we're trying to get away from, but there's always something comes up every day that you don't expect to be there. It's an ever-changing job, isn't it? Yes. So it's that balance of how we get the managers into the setting to actually be knowing the children and understanding and actually also, I mean, for, for me, you know, it, it's no... no um, secret and a great thing that we do and we did some stuff with um, the University of Worcester on this when we were discussing this it's just actually I've, I've got an admin manager who does part of my hours for a full-time week I've got an admin manager so we can cover all of that stuff we need to do so I can go into the setting and be in the setting with my team and with the children so for me that that's how that works and that's how we cover what we need to cover for Ofsted yeah and and I think you know, touching on that point really is if you have a look at, you know, quite a lot of the recent um, Ofsted inspections, you very often find a comment um, from inspectors saying about, you know, opportunities were missed for developing mathematical um, knowledge, for example, or opportunities were missed for extending language. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes, you know, that can happen, can't it, particularly during an inspection. If yeah. You know, everybody's feeling anxious, everybody's thinking I'm being watched, and then they forget all the natural things that they would do every day in their practice, and they start to do things which are extraordinary compared to their normal day-to-day. -day. Yeah. 
Yeah. What do you think um, is the way we could? What do you think is the way we could get over that? What do you do you think? Get getting more people sort of in to observe us and getting visitors sort of. I, I know we do peer observations, but it's not yeah. the same as having somebody in your setting who isn't normally there, is it? It isn't, no. Um, and, yeah, I think it depends on your setting. So, I mean, if, say if you're a nursery as part of a school or a nursery that's attached to a school, sometimes you've got a governing body and you might have governors coming in or trustees yeah. coming in. I think I think um, that's a really good idea, yeah. I think that's... Yeah, and, and it's important that they have an overview of quality because they've got that accountability and responsibility in their role. But it also means that practitioners are just used to that um, kind of not having those nerves when there's additional people around. You know, we know sometimes, you know, we're very happy teaching children, getting down on the carpet, making a fool of ourselves and, and really kind of, you know, behaving in in a kind of fun and, and childlike way but you know the minute you put a bunch of teachers and practitioners in a room we we start to get nervous ourselves don't yeah, we it yeah. feels very different yeah i think i think your the point you made nikki about um missed opportunities is something that we've talked a lot about isn't it becky about missed op in, in our training courses that you know yeah. missed opportunities for communication from my point of view and it is it's those moments it's not the moments you've necessarily planned it's just being uh, present isn't it and uh, it's and, you know, in terms of a top tip, I think that sounds like a really, really useful top tip. It's, it's just remembering to sort of stay in your moment and, and enjoy the interaction. And like you said, Nikki, just doing what you would normally do. And, yeah. and it's really easy to say not overthinking it. Because but... you do. I think you do. And, yeah. and you know, I, and I think is, you know, that, that everybody would just say, you know, you know, I know my practice. I know what's behind my practice. I know what influences our practice. And we know the children really well. We would also, I don't think, I don't think you know, hand on heart, I could go, oh, great, offset her at the door, you know, it's because actually it's somebody else coming in, isn't it? And and you, like you yeah. say, you've got to, you've got to understand what, what is needed. So I think, I think understanding that and being honest about that is okay. It's okay. There might not be lots we can do about that. But it is okay to be honest and say, look, we feel that we've covered this, this and this, but actually we know those children really, really well and we are going to interact like we all always interact so yeah and actually and I was gonna say Nikki what you know thinking about the the sort of the challenges that Ofsted can bring from your point of view what would what do you feel like are the challenges for you as an Ofsted inspector what what do you find the hardest part um I think the hardest part is trying to make people feel relaxed um, yeah. Oh, it certainly has been. Obviously, uh, as you know, you know, I haven't haven't been doing any inspections recently. Um, so the hardest part is is helping people kind of be at their best, really, yeah. uh, and and to not feel threatened. I think that is very um, important. Um, I think one of the key things I would say. Um, so, as you know, one of the um, parts of the inspection will be they'd be tracking a child yeah. or several children depending on the size of your setting and um, um, what children you have present and um, during the inspection and I think that's something that as a leader you probably would want to do from time to time if yeah you that's a good idea a new child settling in you know just be an observer and see what is happening for that child how how is somebody supporting that settling in process how are they starting to develop that relationship and and you know make that child feel um you know that sense of belonging and you know 
have a think about what that child might be feeling because that that's the view that the inspector would be doing um, during that inspection process. That's oh, a really that's useful, so practical helpful. idea, isn't it? That's we, brilliant. We, we could talk about this. We could talk all day. All day. I've got so I, many I, questions. Might, we might be pinning you down for another date, Nikki, because I think this is going to generate a lot of a lot of interest. I think I think for me, seeing like almost seeing, seeing the, the face behind the Ofsted inspector is really useful, even though you know, or hearing the voice, the voice, you know, yeah. of the Ofsted inspector, I think is really useful. Like, it, it humanizes the role, and I think in terms of collaboration and, and building bridges and breaking down those barriers, there's a lot of cliches there, but I think I think that. That's really important so that we can support our early years settings to feel that this this isn't a hierarchy this isn't a threat this is support and it's and everybody's working for the better outcomes for children so we all want the same thing don't we, we? Do. and we, we are all in it together so oh thank you very much ladies that was a lovely chat thank you. take care bye <laughs>